I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. Say yes more because the first 30 years of my life, I said no to almost everything. And that was scary. And I think that I could have explored more that life had to offer if I said yes. Just basically, I think it was it came down to, again, a body image issue. I didn't go to my prom. I didn't play high school football. Like, these are all things that I think back. I'm like, man, I would have had a blast now that I'm an adult. Why, why did I miss it? And so that just left me with regret. So I would say definitely saying yes to more. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Grow Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their business. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. On today's episode, we interview Dustin Bogle. Our discussion will cover topics such as fitness, wrestling, entrepreneurship, leadership, business growth, mentorship, delegation, hiring, personal development, and the importance of maintaining a healthy lifestyle. If that wasn't enough, Tustin will also provide resources to help gym owners improve their lead generation and their hiring process. Dustin is a fitness enthusiast, personal trainer, former wrestler, and of course, a gym owner. He is passionate about fitness and his journey from being an obese teenager to becoming a fitness enthusiast and a personal trainer. Dustin's dedication to fitness and his entrepreneurial spirit has led him to become a successful gym owner. He believes that motivated and energized CEO is an essential for growing a successful business, and so do I. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. As we dive into this episode, listen to how Dustin started his journey and his company. Hey everybody, it's Andres Escobar, host of the Gym Owners Podcast. And I wanted to make sure that we have Dustin Bogle here. I wanted to bring him here for you guys. He is doing some amazing things. He's written an awesome book. We'll talk about that more. But I want to make sure that we welcome Dustin into your world because you need to have him in your world. So Dustin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, man. Love connecting with other business owners and gym owners. And you guys are my people, so I feel right at home being on the Gym Owner Growth Podcast, man. So let's do this. Let's talk. Let's talk shop, man. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. So by the way, before we go deep, I want to make sure that everybody understands who you are, a little bit of your story, your origin story. You know, you know you're a superhero, right? <laughs> you got superpowers, man. I'm telling you, the things you're doing, I'm telling you, you got superpowers. You don't have to agree with me, but let me bring that up out of you because if you could share with us, the audience, a little bit about how you got here and what you're doing. Yeah. I think one of my favorite stories to share is how I got into fitness, how I got into pro wrestling, and then how I got into owning gyms and wow. they're all kind of interlaced with one yeah. another. So if I go back to when I was in high school, I was actually an obese, overweight teenager. I was tipping the scales at 260 pounds. And so I'm just eating garbage, man. I'm eating fast food. I'm eating candy and I'm sitting on my butt. I go to school, I come home and I'm just a gamer and then I'm watching TV and I'm just a blob. And so I didn't feel so good about myself. So no surprise, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I definitely didn't talk to girls. And so a lot of people want to go back to their high school weight. I do not. That was when I was in my worst shape. <laughs> and so there I was just living my life, low confidence, head down, always wearing a hoodie, just kind of being very wanting to hide from the world because of how I felt in my body. And so one day, a friend who would talk to me every now and then, he sat with me in one of the classes, he taps me on the shoulder. And so this guy, he had some arms, he would go to the gym, he's fit. He's like, hey, I'm going to the gym after school. Do you want to come with me? 
And he didn't like attack me or body shame me or make me feel bad. It was just like an invite to hang out with, you know, a bro. And I was like, sure, man, let's do it. You know, I'm totally down, not knowing what I'm getting myself signed up for. So we go and we proceed to do a standard meathead workout, which for the guys, you guys probably know, it's that Monday workout, chest and biceps. And so you're just going to get your favorite muscles pumped up with lots of blood and it's just going to be a great ego boost. And that's what we hit that day. And that was exactly what I needed because when I looked in the mirror and I saw this pump and I was feeling these endorphins, I said, oh my God, what have I been missing out on? This feels amazing. This is like a drug. And so I committed to go with him every day after school, Monday through Friday for six months. And I myself went through a body transformation. I lost 60 pounds of body fat in six months. I got down to a lean 200. I had visible abs. I had arms and veins. I was just looking great. And I said, oh my God, I am proud of what I accomplished, but now I want to pass this gift to others. If there's a way that I can impact other people's health. And it's because, you know, when I looked at my household and my family, they're all terribly sick, man. We, I came from an obese family. One of my aunts died in her late 40s of cancer, one of them of stroke. And so we have every health disease you can think of. And I'm just used to seeing all these overweight people And when you're just seeing that as normal, you don't realize that it's, you know, not normal and that you shouldn't be okay with everybody being overweight. And so I transformed myself and I said, hey, I'll definitely, you know, help out my family if they ask for it, but I'm going to help other families as well. So that's kind of how I got bit by the iron bug, addicted to the gym and decided to become a personal trainer. Now, funny story that kind of branches off from that, that same gentleman who invited me to the gym also invited me to come hang out with him at his house. And he said, I have a pro wrestling ring in my backyard. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, who, who do you know has this in their backyard? <laughs> so I kid you not, I go to his backyard and legitimately his dad built him a 16 foot by 16 foot ring, wow. metal poles, pads, ropes, everything. His dad was a contractor and just basically watched it on Monday Night Raw, figured out how to build one himself and built it because we kind of came from an area where there's a little bit of crime and, you know, like you could easily slip into like joining a gang or getting into trouble. So his mindset was, if I could keep my kids here in my backyard, yeah. at least I could keep an eye on them, even though they're doing something crazy and dangerous. I'm happy they're doing that rather than they're out raising hell with a local gang. I'd rather take them out of the hospital than in out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> I love that mindset. Love to say so then I sit down, I watch one of their shows and I'm like, I want to get involved. How do I become a wrestler? And so they said, oh, we'll teach you. Just, you know, come here and and we'll we'll show you all of our drills, the rolls, the falling over, you know, they call it bumps, the moves. And I always watch Monday Night Raw. I mean, this is during the 90s, the Attitude Era. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind. It's like a peak era of wrestling. All the kids were talking about it at high school. Did you see Monday Night Raw? And so I was like, you guys got my attention. And then, you know, now I'm getting fit. Like I see these guys on Monday Night Raw and now I could get in the ring and I could do what they're doing. I'm like, sold, count me in. This is a blast. This is something I did not know you could get into that I want to get into. Now, by the way, I got to argue with you because I think the 80s is a better era than the 90s. You know, I seen your shirt, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage, you know, I you know, I was a hulkster, you know, so (laughs) listen, brother. (laughs) I was definitely, yeah, that was huge. That's when they broke a lot of attendance records. I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant and talking like almost 100,000 people there in attendance, like Right, and bring that many people together anymore. But yeah. you're right; yeah, that is the golden era. No, I'm just messing with you, but yeah, that, I mean, listen, it's depending on the area you you grew up in, and but yeah, those guys. Oh my gosh, like it's I'm with you, man. I think everybody's got a little bit of bug, and but dude, like again, you're a superhero. Like that's like who? How many people wrestled in their life? Not many. Like yeah. the the percentages are really low, and so. And this transition and this journey that you've gone to it, and I'm not cutting you off. I'm not trying to like, I'm not putting the, the Oscar music and bringing the, I'm just kind of like, this is really cool. Like guys, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it here, guys. So go ahead. Continue, man. No, no, you're good, man. And I, and it's funny. I said, I said, how many pro wrestlers do you know? And most people are like, none. I'm like, well, now you know what? I'm that one, right? Yes. So eventually we had to go to an, a formal pro wrestling school. And, you know, again, for those that know the wrestling world, it is a part where you're, you're really going to be torn apart. Like they, they want to discourage you. They, they do chops. Like people are like, is it fake? I'm like, come see my chest after a day. You had to put your arms around the ropes and let every guy give you a hard top on the chest. And you got, you know, your, your chest looks like hamburger helper after the day's (laughs) over. You take a hundred chops. 
They beat you down. They slam you a hundred times and it's to test your resilience and do you really want it? If you keep showing up every week, you finally become one of them and you can get into the industry. So I get professionally trained and the first character I choose is Diablo because I was this quiet, nice guy. And I said, now that I'm fit and confident, I want to be this total jerk and I'm going to come and I'm going to knock popcorn out of people's hands and I'm going to tell them, screw you. And I'm going to have long hair and I'm going to play metal music and I'm just going to be this rebel. And that was- Wait, wait, wait. You had long hair? Tell us a little about this, this long hair thing because uh, is this a persona long hair? You had a wig? What'd you you do? Yeah. Mother nature has taken it from me (laughs) as you guys could tell, but- as you see over my shoulder, and I always have with, with arms reach, I have a book out on Amazon called Reinforce Your Gym. If you want to see pictures. No, look at that guy. With long hair. And you can read. The only one with long hair. So, you know, yeah. you're reading the book. You're like, which one was he? Yeah, that, that happened to me. So, yeah, he's top right and Diablo, which is a, a counter, counter personality of who you really are. You know, yeah. I, when I first met you, we actually, interesting enough, we met on online and then we had breakfast like the same week. It was really cool. Just an amazing, like God kind of put us together. That was pretty cool. I'm glad yeah, for that. hundred no, percent, man. And, and so that's why, again, all these, these stories I'm telling, this person came into my life and completely changed the trajectory of my life. I don't think I would ever got fit unless that person came and invited me to the gym. Yeah. And so that's why I get so excited about and getting people to just show up to the gym and be that, that version of the invitation to them, like to be their first invite, to be the person that says, walk through the doors, watch how it's going to change their life. I'm basically taking what was done for me and doing it for multiple gyms across the world and multiple people. But yeah, so basically what happened is now I'm wrestling, you know, four or five years go by and I'm getting into the career of I'm doing personal training Monday through Friday, and then I'm wrestling on the weekends. And I'm starting to see man, you know, my buddies are getting a lot more bookings because they're this really exciting tag team. Well, my brother at the same time as me got into wrestling too. And we went, but we both decided to be singles wrestler. So we said, hey, why don't we team up? Why don't we become a brother tag team? So that's why I shifted from the persona of Diablo to the Cutler brothers. And this is where I use my personal training influence because he got into being a trainer and then I was doing it as well. So we became these evil personal trainers, the Cutler brothers, and we would throw protein powder in the opponent's eyes and he couldn't see. And we would get a resistance band and I would do a chest fly while it's around their neck. So it's choking them. And my brother's distracting the ref. And we would just be these evil personal trainers in the ring. And that was, you know, our gimmick that we used. And so it was a lot of fun. And I was able to mix my love for fitness into wrestling. And so that's where we definitely got a lot more attention, a lot more bookings and things really started to take off. But I always had a deadline. I told myself, if I don't make it to a big company and get a big contract by the age 28, I'm out. And I started at 18. So I gave myself a 10-year runway. And the reason I did that is because it is a young man's game. There's not a lot of people who make it to the NFL at 40 and 50. You got to get in when it's young. Well, even though it's sports entertainment, you still got to get in and, and get some pretty good notoriety at a young age. So I told myself, 28 is it. If I don't see the results... I'm going to go all in on fitness instead. And that was my plan B. And so when you were bringing up like divine intervention, well, man, there is always resilience and something fighting you, but it felt like it was extra hard in wrestling. Like I just could not get a breakthrough. I couldn't get bookings. I couldn't get as much, I thought, momentum as I saw other people getting. And I was just starting to feel frustrated. So when I went all in on fitness and I decided to open a gym, the floodgates opened and I went on Andreas to open six gyms in six years because wow dude come on you know i'm a believer and so god was saying this is where i got plans for you dustin like you're supposed to be in fitness this is fun you can maybe keep this a hobby but that's not where you're going to make your mark on the world it's going to be here so when i finally gave it my attention it was just like all this good started to happen i realized this is where i belong this is where i need to put my energy and focus interesting you know i'm, I'm not a, i'm not huge into numbers but i just recently found out this year that the number three, the number six, and a number nine are like creation numbers. And I could be wrong. I, please, if I'm wrong, let me know, you know, comments, you know, connect with me. But those numbers are really cool. And I've seen that to be true, you know, after I like realized like, oh, this is pretty interesting. So it's a six, six like gyms, it. man. And they're all in, they we're all in Texas. And that is that- Southern California. Yeah. Uh, California. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah. So basically- And you uh, still have those gyms right now or no? No. So here's the learning lesson for everybody. So I actually ended up having to close down two and sell a third. And the reason being is this is where I started to get my face grinded out by business lessons, things that I did not know because I was naive to business. I was always just this 
individual performer. When I, you know, got in the ring, like I put on the best match because it was just all on me. I didn't have a team I needed to teach. When I was a personal trainer, I showed up and ran the session and they were always fire because all the pressure was on me and I can handle it and I would always deliver. So when you open a business and you got a team, that really puts a whole new level of challenge on you. And if you never ran a team, well, you go to the school of hard knocks and you learn how to run a team through failures. And I say, hey, it's only a failure if you didn't learn something from it, then it's a learning lesson, right? So you got to kind of, you know, I've heard it said this way that failure is not the opposite of success. It's the path to success. You have to fail to get to success. So I'm sorry. And, and this is to me, something I said this week and, and, and you kind of like just pulling it out for me right now is like, you know, sometimes we think if I give up or I stop, then I failed. And yeah. that's not true either. Because listen, you stop wrestling. Did you fail wrestling? Well, no, because you learned. Let's not forget about the learning part. If you didn't learn anything from it, then you did fail and you wasted your time. So stay at it until you learn something. And I think that is a different perspective, a different journey and a progress to get to success. It's part of success, but you make sure you're learning through the process. I love it. And and hopefully I did the justice on what you're trying to say. And yeah, I I think the way that I've explained it is like, do you, you have to remember that there's two P's at every major decision in your life. There's pivot and then there's perseverance. And so the first one is, perseverance like you know like should you quit if you're one month into doing something no you need to endure you need to do it longer you need to put in more reps it's too early to give up you need to persevere and then you need to know when is it time to pivot like no i've done this long enough this isn't making sense and you know businesses do this you see franchises that close their worst performing locations are they quitting are they shutting the whole company down no they're making the right call and cutting the unhealthy to keep the healthy ones alive And so all of us have to make those calls, but they're usually the toughest. They require the most courage. They're the most uncomfortable. And I did not, trust me, I love wrestling. I did not want to walk away from it, but I knew it was a distraction and it wasn't going to be how I was going to make my impact and feed my family. You know, you get paid $20 a show. A lot of shows I got paid with hot dogs and nachos. I didn't even get paid. So I lost money after you factor gas and food. So again, it is a hundred percent a passion project until you make it to, you know, a major contract. Yeah. You know, I, I play pickleball right now a lot. And a lot of people I play with, they're like, oh yeah, I want to go pro. Like, yeah, cool. Right. But right now it's a hobby, right? I mean, let's give it, you know, and listen, if it turns out to be pro, fantastic. Right. And, you know, golfers are the same way, you know, but uh, kudos to you, man, like courageous to go after the wrestling part without really having like, oh, you know, you know, I have a family of wrestlers. No, no. Some guy said, hey, Let's like try out some wrestling moves. I was like, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. So then, you know, going back to like the gyms and why I closed them, I thought like a bonehead that to open more gyms, it just meant I need to sign a lease. I need to buy equipment and I need to hire coaches and then done. I can just show them how to run a session and leave and go open another one in another town. And so it was happening very rapidly. Again, one a year after you build it out and you do the launch. I mean, that could be six months plus. And so it's like literally like after it opened three months later, I'm out looking at buildings in the next town. So like to keep that cycle going, that's very aggressive. And so you talked about earlier about superpowers. I can definitely hang with the best of them in terms of drive, but it can also be my gift and my curse. Of course. And so what I learned was that I did not know what I did at location one because I be- built location one to be a million dollar facility really quickly. And so how did I get there? There was things that I did that I did not document and teach to my team and duplicate Mm. that. And so when Location 2 opened, they were just a bunch of cold hires off of Indeed and they did not spend time in Location 1, which is if there is another gym owner out there that is thinking of expanding, this is the right way to do it. They should spend 90 days, six months, even a year at Location 1, learning the culture, learning everything. Yeah, And then you have them move over to location two. They've been so indoctrinated. They've been so osmosis with all the things to do. They'll just live that daily and they won't even know they're doing it. Where when you hire new and you open a new gym cold and they have no idea what you want to do, people learn kind of like monkey see monkey do. Like, you know, you've heard it said that leadership is caught, not taught. So I got to catch what you're doing by spending time with you. But if I'm in a gym that's new and and no one's doing anything, we're going to make up the culture ourselves. Yeah. That's kind of what happened at those six gyms that Ooh. we aggressively opened too quick. 
is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. Can I ask a question? Because this just gives me a, an idea here. So when you had the the people that are going to open the new location, they're shadowing the current location. Let's say that's what you do. When you open up the new location, do you bring anybody from the old location to the new one? Yeah. So I, if I could go back, mm-hmm. now the mistake was I did not do that. Right. But the right, right. lesson I learned was that, you know, it was probably around the sixth location I finally caught on, you know, because I was a dummy. And also, to be honest, I didn't have a mentor. And that's why right. this is always a good, valuable lesson. Most of my buddies just all owned one. And I didn't seek a mentor who was a multi-location owner because they probably could have spoke wisdom into me. Big time. So it's, and that's what I'm trying to do here for anybody. My, you know, I guess best advice to anybody would be really make location one, a million dollar gym and make sure that it can run 30 days without you and sales happen, retention is strong, culture survives, and you are not there for 30 days. Wow. On site. That's a good test right there. Dustin, I mean, guys, listen up. That's, That's huge. If you can get away from your gym for 30 days and then come back and it's better than you left it, then you found your number one million dollar gym whether it's million dollar or not, we just, it's just, you know, the term, but it's just a gold. And now you can duplicate that, whatever you're doing. That that's, I like that. I love that. That's the acid test too, for expansion. Cause people ask, how do I know when I can open number two, number three? And I say, you got to do this gym owner acid test. And if you Mm -hmm. fail this test, you know, and so that's where you switch from being a CEO and a business owner from a business operator. Operators got to show up. Things won't happen without them. A sale won't take place. A session won't take place. A hire won't take place. Okay, well, you're still involved in the business. What's going to happen when you open location two? Now you're going to be spread even more thin and your culture is going to get diluted. So that was the learning lesson for me, Andreas, is I didn't scale culture and leadership. And those were two secret ingredients that are like invisible and you don't know they're there till they're gone. And so, so that that's what really hurt us and crippled us. What, what do you call it? Business operator? and, and what- Yeah. The difference between a business operator and a business owner. Got it. You know, yeah. Doesn't show up like, yeah. you know, Tim Cook's not on the floor selling iPhone. You <laughs> know, right. like yeah. he, he the, everything's running swimmingly without him. Yeah. That's a business owner. Yeah. A business operator, which again, I, I'm not shunning anybody. I, I was an operator for yeah. years, like almost a decade. But as you alluded to earlier, like, you know, why do we get California and Texas mixed up? I moved to Texas two years ago while I still have multiple gyms in California. Mm. And they are being ran without me, meaning I'm business owner status and I have leaders running it. Culture is nice. put into a system. Leadership is put into a system. Things are running without me. I can go 30 days. I can go six months without being on site and everything will be just fine. Yeah. So, but again, guys, I'm not here to flex that on you. I'm a 10 year gym owner. So if you're year one, year two, and you're trying to hop to that, let me tell you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> You have to walk through way more fire, but I don't want to say you have to wait till 10 years. I do believe you can shortcut it. You just need to spend some time with mentors and reach up. I believe Andreas in three-way leadership, you need to reach up to somebody further than you and have them pull you up. You also should reach down to someone that's more behind you, pull them up and give them some mentorship because it feels good to mentor somebody. And then you should talk to peers, people who are the same level. And ask them, what's going on? What are you doing at your gym? What are you doing at your gym? So, you know, maybe that single location gym owners, maybe you're equivalent in revenue members, but then the one you're reaching up is somebody who's got double the members, double the revenue, more gyms. And the one below is maybe a trainer is thinking of opening their gym and you're telling them how to do it, you know? So like- That's actually a biblical principle, by the way, Dustin. Is it? Yeah, 100%. It, well, two pr- principles right there. So mentorship, right? Obviously that's, you want to have, when he sends them, when Jesus sends out people, he sends them out two by two. So that's, you know, having people, a mentor and, and connected. And obviously he was a mentor, but he didn't send him alone. And then the other one is like reaching up. So you're, you're constantly have somebody that's mentoring you, 
right? And then you have a peer and then you're mentoring somebody. And it's like a discipleship program type stuff like uh, Paul and Timothy, you know, Barnabas. And, and, you know, these are all characters in the, in the Bible. But, but dude, it's, it, I love that, that you're bringing that principle into your business and it's, and it's needed. And then when we talk about the business operator and business owner, it reminds me of Robert Kiyosaki, you know, the cash flow quadrant, right? And so you have you're employed, right? And then you know, you're a trainer, right? You're a trainer and then you become a gym owner, but you're still self-employed. And then the evolution is, and you go to the quadrant is, self, is business owner where you can leave the business for 30 days, like you said, and then an investor, right? Then at that point, they're probably, you know, investing in different places. But that's, I love that evolution, that progress. It's so, so good. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, love it. Well, yeah. And so what ended up happening is that although I had coaches, I didn't have leaders, which are the people who you have to trust to hold the standards, have the tough talks, you know, make sure that all the KPIs are being hit. I couldn't, it was me and my wife literally overseeing six gyms. Like that is absurd. And I can't believe we even did that. And, and we didn't, at the time it's crazy. We didn't even think it was crazy, but looking back, I'm like, what were we thinking? This is nuts. So no surprise, we closed down two that were in really tough markets and we just jumped into them very foolishly, not doing our research. And then the other was just in a tough you know, area that we owned for a while and we just needed to get it off our plate so we could concentrate on our ones that were in our best market. So again, another lesson I would say is like buying a house, location, location, location. If you want to sell things to rich people, then you need to open a gym near rich people. And it's going to so, cost you, but yeah, uh, it should yeah. come out. And so, you know, Planet Fitness, um, they're changing their marketing strategy, but their first locations, they would actually scout low income areas because who would go to a gym that's feeding you processed food and making you gain weight and think it's a great deal? Low educated, low income people that want to steal all the bagels and Tootsie Rolls and use their shower and they want to. And people who are educated and think about their health and they don't need your free crap, like, and they got the money, they're not going to go into Planet Fitness. They won't be caught dead there. But now Planet Fitness has realized, oh crap, like we're now getting tagged as the low income place. And you see them opening new locations yeah. and new high end shopping centers. And they're trying to now touch both sides of the market. Well, that's but, really, I think I was just having a uh, talk with a gym owner and there's really two areas. Like there's really high end and, and low end. And the middle really is, is going away. Like it's, it's, it's a day of the past and, you know, LA Fitness, you know, is doing this. They have two types of brands really. But honestly, like, listen, own one side of the street, you know, really pour into it. And then you can expand like Planet Fitness obviously is the biggest, I think, gym franchise out there. Yeah. They say the middle is where death exists for a gym. <laughs> like, don't. Don't, yeah. You don't want to be in the middle. You either got to be higher price, which all small gyms should be, small business owners, small boot camps, personal training centers, studios, or you're a mega gym and you got the dollars to go at a 10, 20, $30 gym membership, but you're chasing thousands of members. So I bet most people are listening to this are small business owners. And so they need to be on the higher price, less people paying more that will be more engaged is yeah. kind of their attack. And yeah. so I walk them through that in the book. So again, shameless plug, reinforce your gym. I literally explain how to do it step-by-step if you're not sure so that you can charge what you're worth because most gym owners are undercharging for the value there. I agree. I agree. I mean, listen, what you're actually providing for the app member, you got to provide so much value. I 100% and care about them. And it's, forget it. Like you, that's value is super, super high for sure. You know, $30 or $40 is, it's okay, but it's not like, again, it's, it's lukewarm. It's, you know, it, either like something that's ten dollars like okay whatever then your volume right but then hey you're charging you know 100 plus 200 plus per month just for the membership <laughs> you know but obviously you want to give more value that's good stuff man thank you so much bro that's i love that this is you know it's a good intro it is the intro and i want to make sure that we capture uh, some more nuggets and, and you're able to share with us and if you did not catch any nuggets, which that's impossible. You're going to make sure you're going to read that book. It's reinforce your gym. And so who doesn't want to reinforce their gym? Make it stronger, right? Strengthen the gym. Yeah. I know there's a couple of things, Andreas, that I learned that I would pass on to the listeners that, you know, that would really be helpful. So in terms of, you know, what do I believe a CEO's top priorities are? It's to motivate, delegate, and sell. And I so can't. these are the three things that really grow a business. Mm -hmm. And so motivate means you need to come in and 
you need to remind everybody why they do what they do because they can quickly start to just see it as X per hour for tasks. And I'm just here to help you make money, Mr. Business or Mrs. Business Owner. And so you need to say, here's the purpose of our company. Here's the mission we're chasing. Here's how we're changing lives. Here's how our company makes the world a better place. And so one of the things that I love to do is start meetings by reading transformation stories or reviews from members saying, you know, hey, this place has changed my life because X, Y, Z, because the team forgets. They, they just get really focused on designing the workouts, checking in with the members, and they forget all the impact that they're making unless somebody's splashing it in front of them. So you, the business owner, the gym owner, need to motivate. You need to show up and motivate and keep the troops fired up about the mission. That's why it's the first one. Second is delegate. I have a, a silly analogy I use, which is don't eat all the pancakes. So, you know, essentially every day you wake up, you have a plate and all the tasks that need to be done for the gym, if you're an operator, is a bunch of pancakes. You know, this email needs to go out. This member needs to change their car. Sessions need to be ran. The pancakes are piling up. So you got two choices. You can eat them all and do all the tasks, or you can start putting them on the plate of your team and delegate it. Sure. So remember that. Don't eat all the pancakes, which is a funny way of just saying, don't do all the tasks. Pass pancakes around, feed everybody. And then that way you also won't get all overweight and have like a sugar spike. But can I add something to that, by the way? Because something, it's a, it's a book I'm reading, it's called Buy Back Your Time. And it's, and it's super important. Like delegating is great, but it's making sure that you're delegating the things that you're doing. And like you're saying, your pancakes, that way you're able to buy back your time. Because how much is your time worth, right? Is it $50 an hour? Is it $100 an hour? I don't know. It's different for everybody. And so can you delegate something that you're worth, let's say $100, keep it simple. Can you delegate to like somebody to do $12 an hour? Like how much now you're really leveraging yourself, you're buying back your time. So that way you can do what's your zone of genius. We hear that so many times. Go into the place where you shine brighter than anything. That delegation is, is huge, but doing it right, it's even better. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about my main company that I work on these days. Cause again, as we mentioned, the gyms are on autopilot. So what do I do? My main company is gym reinforcements. And so we do follow up for gym owners. We'll sell trials. We'll sell memberships. We'll contact all their leads. And that's one of the top things I say a gym owner should get off their plate because they probably don't love it. And the number one thing you can do to motivate is to delegate stuff that drains you. Don't think about tasks, think about energy for you to do this. Because people ask me, how you been a trainer 20 years and a gym owner for 10 years and you still show fired up and you write books about it and you are not burned out because I don't keep things that drain me. You have to manage your energy. And if anything drains you, you need to find someone else to do it and you only fill your plate with things that give you energy. That is how you stay in this game for the long haul. And so most of the time, if you ask a gym owner, do you love calling? Do you love texting? Do you love emailing your leads? And chasing them down and hitting them twice a day. No. So get that off your plate. And so, you know, I invite you, I absolutely hire your own internal salesperson, go for it. That is an option, but we have another option, which is you can hire our team to do it for you. And so that is one of the prime things. Another thing that is really hard to let go that coaches or gym owners tend to love because they usually start as a coach like I do is the session. But you're literally like on chain to that floor. You cannot leave it. You have to be somewhere specific time. You have to bring energy, which is kind of a give and take. You're giving energy, but usually it gives you back energy too. Yeah. But that is an operator task. You're not being an owner and you're not doing anything that's growing the business. You're literally maintaining it. You're just keeping those clients happy at that session and making them think, I'm going to keep my membership here, but I'll see you tomorrow and I'll see you the next day. So at some point you need to say, okay, this is a game I can't win because their reoccurring membership means they need reoccurring service. So if I'm trapped in this mousetrap, I'm never going to get out and do marketing or go hire my new key team member or go do the big relationship with the other business owners right, in, in the area. I need to get out of my four walls. And, and so it's tough because gym owners will tell me like, well, but that, I love that so much. And I'm like, okay, keep a little bit on your plate. Could you come and coach Tuesdays and Fridays or something? Like, you don't got to do a Monday through Friday. Like, oh, I never thought about that. It's like, we're, we get very extreme with our thinking. We're either all in on coaching or all out. Like, just do a little bit, right? Can I ask you, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put a question on to you and you're welcome to say no, like my, my permission. Is there something that you can offer our audience that could help them right now? Is something that you do with gym reinforcements? Something that, hey, listen, maybe a PDF, maybe a video. I had a uh, Scott Carpenter on here and he's given us a, a video. So, you know, gave us a video. So, you know, that's, that's given 
already yeah. given. So I don't know what you have that you can help our audience because I would love them to say, hey, yeah, let me grab that. You know, let me let me be a part of Dustin's world. You yeah, know? absolutely. So I actually outlined my whole follow-up process that we do at Gym Reinforcements in the book. It's called the Fortune Follow-Up System. Okay. But I would say what I'm happy to send to the audience, usually people need two things. They need leads and they need coaches because I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I need follow-up. Well, I need leads to follow-up with. And then, hey, Dustin, I hear you. I need to get myself off the floor. So I need coaches. Yeah. So if you guys DM me the word review biz, I will send you two resources. I will send you the top seven lead generators. It is a video, you know, training that I did for my audience. I have a Facebook group. If you guys want to join called Gym Reinforcements, I will send you that. No problem. It's 30 minutes. It's very worth your time to find seven ways to get new leads. And then secondly, uh, I also have a PDF that is called the ultimate hiring process for gym owners. And it's literally a nine step process. Most gym owners, it's too easy. I walk in, tell you I'm certified. Let's see you take a session tomorrow. Good enough. Welcome to the team. And it's a one or two step process. And I'll tell you, like I've been there. I hired a guy who came in, pitched himself. We weren't even hiring, but I said yes, just because he seemed like a nice guy. And that was like, so it was literally a one one meeting closed to get a, a, a job. Now, here's the thing I've learned through many years of business ownership and study books and other leaders. People value things that are harder to attain. That's why the longer the degree, the more prestigious. Like if you could become a doctor in a year, like it's still useful, but it might not be as prestigious to put, you know, MD after your name. So the more people have to work for something, so like it's okay, it's nine step. People say that's a lot of work. You're actually protecting your reputation. You're making people fight for a position in your company, which should be hard to get because you protect culture. And again, that's just a major learning lesson that I went through. Protect culture. I love that. So good. So Give us again, you've given us two things. So one is the hiring guide. And then what is the other one? The top seven lead generators uh, video training. So a PDF and a video training. If you DM me the word review biz. Where do they DM you? Instagram or Facebook. Uh, what's what's your one, profile tag? Just search my name, Dustin Bogle. You'll find me really easily. Dustin. And yeah. yeah so we'll best. put that there. Actually, we'll find it. We'll put it right here. You'll find Dustin Bogle and we'll have it there for you guys. If you're watching the video, like again, we have a video and audio, so check out our YouTube channel and you'll be able to see it, but we'll put it there for the, in the show notes as well. So make sure we do that. Team, yeah. thank you so much. And, and the, the big thing I want to say to, you know, we said motivate, we said delegate. The next thing is sell. And so mm. the biggest thing that I found is that people have these really weird, you know, misconceptions when it comes to sales. They feel icky. They feel weird. So I'd say there's two things you can work on. Number one, your money mindset. What was money like in terms of a subject in your household when you were a kid? Was it this weird subject that you didn't touch with a 10-foot pole and there was all these phrases like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and what do you think I'm made of money and this is going to cost an arm and a leg? Well, now everything that's been programmed into you as a kid has been negative around money. And so if you can't get something if you hate it. So if you mentally are wired to dislike rich people and people with wealth and people with money, how do you think you're going to become one? Your subconscious wants to align with your beliefs. So if you believe they're bad people, if they lie, cheated and steal to get it, it's a bad thing to have a lot of money. You know, the rich get richer, the poor get poor. Your brain will literally look for ways for you to stay poor and to align your actions with that of a person that doesn't have money because it hears your thoughts about you don't want money. So I'd say the first thing you do is audit your money mindset. You should clap it up. That's why I love, again, my friends like Andreas, when this hits bestseller, the first one to DM me, congrats, man. That's what people who want to attract wealth, they are abundant minded. And they say, I heard that your company hit this record. Congrats. I heard your work, you made a bigger impact. I heard you've hit a new you know, income goal. Congrats. And they just keep spotlighting it and saying good things because they are honestly happy but they also know that's how you attract abundance back into your life because now those people are applauding you. They're looking ways to help you out. And it's this very, you know, like giving culture. It's but, a little formula there, guys. Just, hey, listen, listen up there. It's super cool. Super true. Yeah. But you go and like just observe like how a broke person talks about money, right? And they're like, somebody had to lie, cheat, and steal to get it. They're trying to scam the system. They're trying to find shortcuts. They talk smack when somebody gets money. And so these are the things that you don't want and you want to be mindful of. And you want to definitely catch yourself if you're saying things negatively and you want to just change your whole thinking around it, right? Yeah. So that's the first reason why I think a lot of people go into a sales 
situation kind of feeling all like clammy and nervous because they just have weird feelings about asking for money. But it's just a service. You're, you're providing an amazing service. And I think gym owners kind of like downplay what they're doing. They're like, oh, it's just a workout and I'm teaching them what to eat. What's the big deal? But if this person is literally going to have an extended time on this planet, like what is the price of that? Like honestly, right? Like if, if you're going to give me 10, 15, 20 more years, because without you, I would have had a heart attack at 50, but I get to live to 70 because you came into my life and changed me. That's what I think about the old Dustin. What was his trajectory at 260 at 17 years old? Who knows if I would have kept gaining and gaining and had a heart attack at 30. Thank God that guy invited me to the gym. Yeah. He's literally saved my life. And so that's what you want to think about. Like, it's really check your conviction. How convicted are you in what you do? Are you really looking at it as a transactional thing? Like they give me money and I just give them workouts. You're not convicted in the right things. You got to get deeper on your purpose. This is so true. I, and it's and it's, this is actually a theme that I've I've seen this month for me. And it was uh, Ed Milet was talking about, he was selling insurance. And so if he would have, it was a guy that needed those, one of his leads and he didn't like pursue it enough. And the guy ended up, dying and his family with nothing. So you can't control death, right? But you can control, hey, listen, if your sale could have saved their life, meaning the the family's, you know, trajectory in in their wealth, that would have been a big difference. Like, hey, listen, you lost somebody, but hey, listen, these the houses, you're not gonna lose the house. You're not gonna what else are you gonna not lose, right? So if their life depended on you closing their sale because you have value, you know, and as a business owner, sometimes we have these like Roller coaster, like, oh my gosh, are my am I really making an impact? Is this even worthwhile? I felt that. And it's like, oh, but then you listen to a review, like you said, hey, I wish I would have started earlier. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, right? Thank you so much. That like you hit it three powerful things. I want to make sure that I have something called the fast five. And so we're we're gonna hit that now. Oh, by the way, the questions that I had for you, like you knocked them out without having me to ask you the questions. Congratulations. <laughs> that was pretty good. Only one that you didn't really answer. And, I, and maybe you can just, maybe we'll real quick, tell us something that in your life that helped you stay in track, you know, helped you going up and down life, left and right. It's a roller coaster. So what are some like guardrails? What is the guidelines that you have right now that's helped you get to where you are? I think it's always been the standards I set for myself and what I thought was possible. And that's why it's so important to get around other people that are doing bigger things because they open your mind up. Yeah. And here's the crazy part, guys, that I've learned more and more. They say, don't meet your heroes. I've met a lot of my heroes and I'm shocked when I meet them that they do not seem that much smarter than the average Joe or Jane. They just learn how to channel into one area and turn it into a very successful business. And so they're very good at focus where I think the average person very easily distracted. And you see that in what's being sold to us, new versions of things constantly being updated, new shows on social media, like look at the ways that they hook people. It's just like, we just got to keep rolling out new stuff and we got them, you know, hook, line and sinker. And so essentially the people who are really successful, they just got tremendous focus. And so what I've learned through the years is to raise my standards and, and to increase my focus that when the old Dustin that had no standards, and that's why he was 260 pounds and had no direction in life. And then when I lost the weight, now it became my standard. I was just like, I'll never go back. I'll never be that obese Dustin again. This is the new me. My standards were raised. And so that's what I think is the best guardrail somebody can set for themselves is if you're not setting standards for yourself, get around people with higher standards, they will naturally pull it up. And now that will be your new standard in life. And so it could be an income standard. Like I'm sure there's numbers we all worked for in our teenage years. We would never go back and take a job for, but that was a great standard because he never had a job. So you right. started zero. So these are standards that increase over time. So I think it's just constantly improving your standards for yourself as you grow. I love that. If I could add that, because it reminds me of, listen, don't go after perfection. Understand what standard you want to make sure you're because perfection is like, you can't even see it in the screen. It's like beyond. You'll never reach it. You'll never find it. But if you have a standard, make sure you're you're going towards it and are hitting it. Because then there's like sloppy and, and messy. And, and I get it. Like sometimes you start sloppy and messy. But hey, listen, let's, let's have a little standards. Reach for it and get it. Thank you so much for that. That's huge. That's huge, Dustin. Thank you. 
So we're, we're going to hit the, the fast five. And so you probably already kind of already touched on these already because you kind of answered the questions without me asking. Thank you. <laughs> Making my job a little easier, Dustin. That's awesome. <laughs> Who is an influential person in your business journey? Oh man, I've had so many, but I would say somebody that I just keep learning from over and over and over again is Ed Milet. You brought him up earlier and I'm like, man, that guy, like, and I will tell you this, I, I'll, I'll probably admit this. He's the only speaker that has gotten me to cry publicly twice. So he just hits a different emotional center for me. So he really, yeah, he's taught me a lot. That's good. Listen, you have a speaking voice and you're going to touch other people. Make sure that you have a voice as well. I just want to, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? More about leadership. I just got focused on the task of the job and I didn't know what was going to be expected of me as a business owner, as a leader. So I would say the sooner the better dive into your understanding of leadership. What's a book, a blog, a podcast, or some kind of media you've consumed recently that's positively impacted you? Go back to leadership. Two of my favorites is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink mm. and then Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. I think those are your two get you know, like entry level books that you gotta read and reread because you're probably not even gonna grab everything you can out of it the first time through. And then you learn more and you become more mature, more wise. So when you even go back and reread them, you pull things out of it you didn't the first time. So those are two I would say that are huge. I love it. One of our common friends is Jody Ryan. She mentioned Jocko as well. So yeah. love it. Do you have a favorite online tool? You know, I use a lot of tools, but one that I didn't think I was going to love that I ended up really enjoying is Slack. Oh, yeah. And oh. so I just thought like, oh, man, we got, you know, we got email, we got text, but it's allowed a lot of noise to go down because I got it all work communication tucked away in this one place and I could just not answer it. So it's helped me to have more focus. So I'm really enjoying Slack. So true. And it's, uh, I just finished a trial and I, I'm like, dude, it's, I got these many people and it's not bad. It's not that expensive, but it's free. Like, listen, guys, start it free. You get full access, everything for free. It's so cool. I agree with you, man. For especially for a culture, that's one of the apps and you can get on your phone. It's so good. Agreed with that. What's one habit or practice that you do that you believe everybody would benefit from doing? I mean, that's easy, man. And that's working out. Sure. Um, I mean, I know I'm talking to the choir here because we're on our podcast, but guys, we got a lot of work to do in our country. I don't know if you've heard the latest stats, but we're on track to be 50% obese by the year 2030 in America, Yeah, 50% obese in the world by 2035. Yeah. So unfortunately, America is leading the way in obesity, which is not a good thing. And if you also don't know this, there's the you know healthy body weight range there's the overweight, and then there's the obese. So to think 50% of the population is going to be in that high category is scary. So I think we need to just be very convicted in getting this message out more and more to people and helping them to make the decision to live longer, because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, I did a search and it was like 110,000 gyms. It was like before COVID and it's going up and down, you know, it's around that area. And I, I just feel like it's not enough. I feel like we need more. Or we just need better programs, guys. Come on, let's go. Provide the value that they, they can. So that's it for the Fast Five. I do have one last question. This is like, I love this question. So if you can go back in time and share one piece of advice to 10-year-old Dustin, what would it be? Take more, or I should say this, say yes more. Because the first 30 years of my life, I said no to almost everything. And that was scary. And I think that I could have explored more that life had to offer if I said yes. So just basically, I think it was, it came down to again, a body image issue that I, I said, I didn't, you know, like again, going back to high school, I didn't go to my prom. I didn't play high school football. Like these are all things that I think back of like, man, I would have had a blast now that I'm an adult. Why, why did I miss it? I didn't date any girls in high school. My first girlfriend was after high school. No, 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 no. And so that just left me with regret. So I would say definitely saying yes to more. Yeah. Not worrying about the body image. Just say yes. Don't worry about it. Listen, yeah. they're going to talk about you no matter what, right? Oh, man. It's good advice. Good, good advice, dude. This has been a really, 
great podcast with my friend Dustin. I can't believe we actually, we've been kind of going around and, and rescheduling and our times and stuff, but I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're with you and sharing this with the whole audience. Dustin, thanks again so much for coming out. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, sir. Andreas, thank you for everything you do to help gym owners and help them to get the word out about their business so we can turn the tide on this obesity you know, pandemic that's going on across the whole world. And guys, again, a ninja tactic from reviews is to read them to your team at every team meeting to reconvict them and to re-energize them because sometimes they don't see that. Sometimes only the owner sees the reviews because they don't log into the Google and the Facebook and all the places you get them. So definitely look into Andreas's service because that's a great tool because again, the, the great part of being a, C or a great CEO, motivate, delegate, and sell. So make sure you're showing up and you're motivating, being the energizer bunny that everybody can plug into. Man, that's awesome. Thank you again for that. I appreciate that. You know, and you know, something, one of the questions I want to ask in the future is, you know, how, how's reviews helping you in your business? And so you just did that naturally. And I appreciate that so much, Dustin. Thank you again. Hope for great success, even more best-selling author. Come on, man. Guys, only the best here at the Gym Owners Growth Zone. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you guys next time. Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed what Dustin said about his personal transformation journey and his passion for fitness and his experience in wrestling. Also, the lead generation process he shared is something to take note. What was your favorite takeaway from our episode? I want to make sure you're able to connect with us at Meet Esco on Instagram and share what really stood out for you. We would love to hear your thoughts and also make sure you grab your no-cost QR code flyer at reviewbiz.io forward slash QR code. And I want to thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode today. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on and leave us a rating. That would be amazing. It would truly mean the world to us. Also, if you want to subscribe to YouTube, it would give you all the episodes so you don't miss it and some extra content as well. As always, I want to thank you so much for your encouragement and I truly appreciate you listening to our podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll see you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.